Welcome to Bear Creek AG's online service podcast. We're so glad that you tuned in with us today. We upload a new service every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. So we look forward to having you tune in with us again. Here's today's message. Amen, amen. Well, if you would, turn in your Bibles this morning uh, to the book of Joshua. Joshua. Joshua with me, if you would. Uh, We have just come out of a time of fasting and prayer. And, you know... I'm not going to lie to you, uh, every year when we do this 21 days of fast, I'm not going to tell you that I, suddenly the sky opens up and the sun shines through and it's a moment in my life. I'm just going to be honest with you. Sometimes it's weeks, if not a month later, before all the groundwork I did during my fasting praying starts pr- producing fruit and direction and clarity. Um, this year's a little bit different. I really feel like coming out of this time of fasting and praying that God, I, I don't want to say a new direction. I don't have, I don't have the minute uh, details the bullet points to give you on what God is wanting to do. But can I be honest with you? This, I'm not trying to be your uh, cheerleader here today. I'm trying to be your shepherd. A shepherd leads. You're not, you're not cattle, so I'm not going to drive you. I'm not going to use my prodder, although some of y'all need to prod every once in a while. But no, I'm going to use my staff and, and encourage you with my staff. But I'm a leader, and I want you to follow. So I'm asking today that you listen to what God's laid on my heart for us as a church, and I'm asking you to follow me. I don't have the details. But this message is going to make clear when I tell you that I don't have the details because sometimes God doesn't give us all the clarity of what we need to do. He just says it's time for something new. And so today, as we go into this, I just feel like... As we look at the story of the life of Joseph and the children of Israel, as God used Joshua, if I said Joseph, forgive me, Joshua, as God, <coughs> excuse me, as God, God uses Joshua to lead the children of Israel into a new normal, a new reality, uh, a new next level of living. I feel like today, for you as an individual, this is the year that God wants to take each and every one of you to that next level of living, that new reality of life. Wherever it is that God wants to take you, I feel like he's ready. And I think that includes our church. I think as we go as a church, so goes you. So goes you, so goes the church. This is, this is a very relational. We're not an organization. We are an organism. This building is not the church. You're the church. And we make up the church. And so as we look at this, I really believe that God wants to take us as a church starting in this year. I think he really wants to take us to a new reality, a next, the next level of, of living for, for this church. Now, the problem so many of God's people has is that we, they, I've seen people do it. You will visit the land of promise, if I can use that terminology. You can visit that next level of living God wants to take you to, whether it's a spiritual reality, whether it's, and I'm going to use the word, a level of prosperity. We, that's kind of been hijacked in uh, a push for the prosperity, prosperity, prosperity. Let me tell you something here today, church. God wants to prosper you. Does that mean you're going to have three Mercedes and a, and a 5,000 square foot home? I don't want any of that because that just means more maintenance for me. But that doesn't mean God does not want you to prosper. God wants you to prosper. I need you to grasp that today. God wants to bless you and he wants you to prosper. The problem is so often I see us as individuals, as a church, we go in there, we experience that prosperity, we experience that blessing, we experience a, a new reality, a new normal, that next level of living, but we don't stay there. 
Now, I want you to get the understanding of something. The first group of Israelites that came out of Egypt, they got to go to the land of promise. Twelve of them actually got to go into the land of promise, across the Jordan, while the rest of them stayed on the other side of the Jordan River waiting for the report. They got to see it, but they didn't get to live in it. And I think so often what happens with you is that you get to see where God wants to take you. You see that. You get a vision for it. You read it in his word. You, you got to say, but all, sometimes all you do is see it. Or if you step into it, you step into it for a moment. And you say, but I can't live there. You, 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 don't, you don't grasp the reality of what God is trying to do. All right? This is going to make sense in the morning. Stay with me, all right? This is good. You're going to be glad you came this morning. I'm telling you, this has been burning in my... I wanted to preach at, at 7 o'clock this morning when I woke up. I wanted to preach last night. I did do a little preaching last night when I met with a couple. I was like, listen, this is burning within my bones. This is not just for me. I think it is for me, but this is for us as your leader and for you. See, what we have to understand is this living in the land of blessing is not automatic. It's not. It's not accidental. It's not something that just happen. God could want that in your life. Understand, I believe God wants us as a church to go to a different level of reality, a, a different level of a new normal. He wants to take us somewhere, and he wants it to make the place that we live, he wants to make it normal for us. Understand, spiritually speaking, ministry speaking, relationally speaking, I'm talking about every aspect of your life. He wants to, but that just doesn't happen. He could want you to do that in your life. He could want that for this church. But if, if it will happen or it will not happen, in large part, it's not up to his will. I want you to hear that again. Whether the next level of living where God wants to take you to in this physical life, in this spiritual life, in every aspect of your life, what, he may want to take you there, but it's not automatic, and it's not really up to his will. It's up to your cooperation. I'm going to take my time because this has got to get rooted in us. We, we, we've got to grasp this. There's going to be a lot of notes. If you don't have the church app, you better get a pen and paper out. because Don't sit through this message like any other Sunday. I know. I used to sit in a chair in a pew. I know how it's easy to, to come and, and get your Jesus card punched. This is what we do. We come to Sunday morning. We might come to Sunday school. We may not. We come to church. We lift our hands. We stand up. We sit down. We, we greet. We do all that. And then we hear the word. And then we go home. It's like, okay, well, that's good. We did. No, 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 no. I, I, you need to be living in this today. If God is telling me that this is for you, then you, you need to be taking notes today. You, you need to be grasping this today. Whether you're comfortable where you're at or you're uncomfortable where you're at, whatever, it, this will not happen just because God wills it. It will only happen if you cooperate with God. The first thing you need to know as we jump into this new series for the next couple of weeks is that this next level of living is about you becoming strong. I, I want you to understand that. If anyone's, if anyone ever done any strength training, I, I mean, the only time I do... You know, strength. I mean, I'm talking about you really want to do strength, bodybuilding, building. You know, every time I get up, I'm lifting weights, but I don't think that qualifies. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know that to get to where you want to go, you don't get there overnight. It's something that has to take place in time. But yet, there has to be strength training. I, I can remember, uh, many of y'all probably don't remember this, but a couple years ago, I was stupid and decided I was going to walk the AT, the uh, part of the uh, Appalachian Trail. I went up with one of our missionaries. It was a 34-mile hike that we did in three days with a tropical storm blowing through the mountains at the time. 
I, I, that's the closest I came to God I ever had. Not because I'm on top of the mountain, because I said, God, take me. I hit him. But to get to that point, I had to do some strength training. I, I, I didn't go out and start running, though. I went and started what? On a treadmill. I started on treadmill. Why? I had to build up my stamina. I had to build up strength. And what we have to understand is that for us to get to this next living, it's about you and I becoming strong in the Lord in the might of his strength. That's where it begins, and that's what Paul encourages, doesn't he? He says over in Ephesians, he says, look, be strong in the Lord and in his power. Be mighty in his power. We have to get to that place. That next level of living begins with us being strong. It's, it's, it's every, let's face it. Is everyone here this morning strong? Well, no, not everybody here. Some of you are just starting this journey, aren't you? Now, some of them, like, I'm going to pick on our young people just a minute. They're young. They're getting started because they're just young. They haven't seen what I've seen. They haven't been through what I've been through. God help you, all right? So, so they're not, you know. There's some of you in here that have been serving God for a while, and I would say that you're strong. I would say that you're strong in the Lord. But can I be honest with you? There's people in our fellowship and some here this morning who have been living for the Lord for a while, and you're not strong in the Lord. Every little wind that comes along, every little crisis that comes along, every little problem, when something doesn't work out for you, you go into your shell, you pull away from God, you pull away from the body, you go into panic, you go into stress, you go into worry, and, and, and that's not being strong. And God's ready to take you as an individual, every one of us, to the next level, wherever you're at. I went from walking on a treadmill, getting my strength and my stamina and my cardio up, to what? Now, now I had to elevate it. I had to start walking uphill on the, on the treadmill. Are you with me? And then for long, I had to start getting out, and I had to go from a mile to two miles. Because why? I was about to hike, in a, and, and, and not knowing a tropical storm was going to go through, not knowing there was going to be 70-mile-an-hour winds, not knowing that it was going to be raining on me for three days, carrying a 40-pound pack on my back. I mean, I had this pack, and I had this pack, right? No, I'm not talking about my backside. I'm talking about the actual backpack. And it was wet, and I was wet, and it took me a while, and, and I'm just saying it took me a while to get to that point, but God wanted to take me, just like I had to go from one level of, of strength training, one level of cardio to the next. That's what God wants. No matter how old you are, how young you are, are you following me now? I'm going to start preaching to you now. Wherever you are, if you think you've arrived, you've not arrived, he wants to take me to the next level. As your pastor, not that I'm above you, spiritually speaking, but I hope that I'm a little bit more mature than all of y'all. I think I better be, if I'm leading you, if i got to take you where he wants to take you, i got to be where he wants to take you. If I've not been there, you, I can't take you there. Come on, somebody. Are you with me this morning? I can't take you spiritually where I've not been. If I've not been in my, on my knees, if I've not been in prayer, if not been in the Word, I, I can't take you where God wants to take you. Because why? I've not been there. I've got to go where he wants me to take you to. I can't just guess. And so God wants to take me to another level. He wants to take you to another level. He wants to take this church to another level that we are growing in him and we're moving forward in him and we're living in the reality of that next level of spiritual, emotional, physical, yes, prosperity, blessing that he wants to give us in our lives. He wants that for you, each and every one of you. And it begins with us being strong. In the book of Joshua, the Lord knows for the Israelites to enter the land of promise, that next level of living, that, that next level of blessing, the reality of his blessing, the reality of a new normal, a new reality, for that to happen, the people are going to have to be strong. They're going to be facing some things they've never faced before. There's some things unknown out there that can be exciting and scary all at the same time. And for them to go, God knew that his chosen leader, Joshua, would also have to be strong. See my point? For him to take them there, he had to be strong. 
He had to lead the way. That's what God wants for me, and I believe that's what God for you. What is interesting, though, is that in the, in the lead up to this book of Joshua, you get the idea that the Lord is really having to encourage Joshua. We get this idea that he's this great leader. I'm not, I wasn't living there, but if I can read the Scripture within context, listen to what Deuteronomy 31 says. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, in the presence of all Israel, no pressure here. That's like me calling one of you. That's like me calling David up a few minutes ago and Miss Karen. No pressure, but uh, yeah. Hey, I'm pulling you up in front of the car. He did this over a million people. He says, Joshua, right there says it. He says, what? Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their, to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. Look, Joshua, God wants to use you. I'm playing Moses. Joshua, come here, come here, up in front of all these people. Listen, Joshua. God wants to use you, right? God wants to take you to another level of living, Joshua. He, God wants to take you to that level you've never been, boy. I, trust me, this is what God wants for you. And, and guess what? You're going to have to be strong. There are going to be things that no one else has ever done, Joshua, that you're going to have to do. But it's going to happen. You're going to be able to do this. But you're going to have to be strong. Then Moses tells Joshua, so, I mean, so Moses tells Joshua to be strong. Now the Lord tells him in Deuteronomy 31, 23. He said, the Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun. So now God is speaking. He says, be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land. I promise that on an oath. And, and I myself will be with you. Joshua, now God pulls him up. Joshua, I want to do great things through you. I'm going to do things through you that you've never done before. I want, I'm going to use you in a way that you've never been used before. But Joshua, if this is going to happen in your life, Joshua, if I'm going to be able to accomplish what I want to do in you and through you, it begins with you being strong. You have to be strong, Joshua. You can't be weak, Joshua. You can't be a pushover, Joshua. You can't question me, Joshua. What you have to do, Joshua, you have to know that you've heard from me, Joshua, and you have to follow me and do what I tell you. You've got to be strong. When the people don't want you to do this, or when the people won't follow you, Joshua, you still have to be strong, Joshua, and you've got to move and go as I've called you to move and go. That's what, what God is saying here. See, there are things that are in the will of God that unless you and I cooperate with him, we will never see or experience. I want you to grasp that this morning. There are things, there's dreams God has put in your heart. There's things that God has told you. There's things that God has led you that he wants to do, but he will never be able to accomplish them if you don't cooperate with him. You've got to be willing to move when he says move, see. We make a big mistake when we believe that if the Lord wants to do something, it's just going to happen. Unfortunately, that is not so. God's will is not always done. We say that, well, God's will will be done. No. Absolutely not. God's will is not always done. It takes us cooperating with him for his will to be done. Joshua, I have something great for you, but there's something you have to commit to first. You're going to have to be strong. You have to be strong. Then you come to Joshua chapter 1. So if you're in Joshua chapter 1, look at verse 6 with me. Be strong and courageous. There it is again. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. So God repeats it. What does this tell you? If God has repeated, if he's used Moses to tell him, and he told him over in Deuteronomy before they ever got to the Jordan River, and now he's telling him right before his tape, what does that tell you? God needs Joshua to be committed to being strong. 
Not being weak. You have to be strong. It isn't something that's going to just happen randomly. You have to be strong. What God wants to do, Joshua, what I want to do in you, Joshua, and you're going to hear this over and over today, what God wants to do in you, you have to be strong. You have to be strong. I need you to participate. Now look at verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. In other words, this is a command from the Lord. It's, a, it's God commanding Joshua, God commanding his children. He said, look, you have to be strong. Are you strong? If not, today God's telling you you need to be strong. You need to be strong in his might. You need to be strong in his power. You need to be a strong follower of God. You need to be strong in your word. You need to be strong in your prayer life. You need to be strong in your obedience to the Lord. You need to stand firm and be strong because where God wants to take you, he can't if you're not going to cooperate with him and be strong. Everybody knows that when it comes to dieting, don't we? What's the key to dieting? What's the key to losing weight? Consistency and being strong. We say willpower, having the willpower. Well, I'm not will. And I don't have his power. You know, you've seen this transformation I've been on for the last six months. I'm at a dead stop. You know, why? Because, man, I rediscovered pizza. Oh, man. And I've got to be strong. I've got to learn to say no. I've got to understand just because there's cookies that are sugar-free doesn't mean I can eat them unlimited. Hi, my name's Tony, and I love sweets, right? I have to be strong. That's what God's saying. So Moses said it. God said it. And by the time you get to the end of the chapter, look at verse 17 through 19. Now the people are saying it. Listen to what the people are saying. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Man, you know what? If we started putting you all to death if you didn't obey me, I think things would change around here, don't you? Are you laughing? I'm not laughing. Well, I am inside. I'm thinking, I'm just trying to get a response for it. If right now I said, everybody bring out the stones, all right? Who's not doing what they're supposed to be? No, obviously we're not going to do that. But you hear the voice they're saying here. Be strong. Be courageous. Six times Joshua is challenged to be strong. And here's why. Understand this. If, if Joshua is not strong, it will have an effect on everyone around him. I, I'm, this is a pregnated pause. If Joshua is not strong, it has an effect on everyone around him. If I'm not strong, it first affects me. If I'm not strong, then it affects her. If I'm not strong, it affects my boys. If I'm not strong, it affects you. If you're not strong, there's people in your life that it's going to affect. Husbands, you're the priest of your home. You have to be strong. Men, I'm going to say it again. You have to, if you're a husband, you have to be strong. Mom, if dad's not going to be strong, you're going to have to be strong. For the, for the sake of your children, for the sake of you. Grandparents, and by the way, if you're single, there's still people in your life. I don't mean to just pick on the married folks, but listen, this is for anybody. If you're not strong, it affects where you work. It affects your social group. You, we have to learn to be strong. So we have to be. But the question is, we understand that. I hope by now you, I've made my case six times, seven times. God has told Joshua through Moses, through the people, through his own voice. He has to be strong. So here's the question. All right, pastor, I'm in agreement with you. We need to be strong. How many of you in here say we don't need to be strong? Raise your hand. 
Good, you didn't fall for the trick. Usually people, when your pastor raise your hands, you raise your hand. We all know we need, so how do we be strong? If the, if the point is we need to be strong, then how do we accomplish this? I mean, I don't want to just give a, a problem. I don't want to just show you a problem and not give a solution. I'm a practical guy. I need, I need it in black and white. I'm a simple-minded guy. Lord, how do we do it? Well, within the, this chapter of Joshua, and really through the story of Joshua, there's five things that pertain to this story that I think we see from Joshua's life as God was ready to use him to lead the people into a new reality, a new normal, the next level of living, that I think that if you will write these down and apply them to your life, you'll become spiritually strong. No matter what God calls you to do or where he leads you, what he tells you to do, you'll be able to do it. How many of y'all want to do that? Come on. I, I, this is interactive today. I want to know how many's with me. I'm trying my hardest to grab your attention, to bring you spiritually awake today because this, this is not playing games. This is your life and those around you. All right, five things. I'm going to try to be as brief as I can, and you know I don't lie, but I also exaggerate. Listen, I'm going to take my time. When you need to leave, please, you're not going to offend me. I just think... if. If I really feel like God's given this to me for this church, then I dare not go too quick with it. This is, this is not my New Year's message, but this is my fasting and praying message for this church. I need you. I need you to follow where God's about to lead us. I need you to follow where God's about to lead us. Amen? The first thing, the first principle of these five as it pertains to Joshua is this. First is you have to leave your past behind you. And I have, I'm sad to say that, but we as Christians today have a hard time doing this. Look what it says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses is, Moses is aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Joshua, my servant, Moses is dead. Do you think Joshua knew this? Do you think Joshua knew that Moses was dead? Now, maybe this was the proclamation that God made to him when Moses died. But we know that Moses went off into the mountain and left him. He said, I'm going to die. I'm not going with you. Either way, Joshua knew that Moses was no longer the leader, see? He knows, it, and God is reminding him. That, Listen, Joshua, Moses was a great leader. He led a great life that impacted many. But Joshua, Moses is no longer with us. I mean, do, do, you hear, do you hear what God's trying to tell him? He's no longer with you. So, so don't sit around wishing he was still with you. Don't, don't, don't sit around wishing you were back with him and he was making the decisions. Don't, don't, no, he, he's gone. You are the man. He's not coming back. He's had his day. And guess what, Joshua? Someone in here needs to hear that today is a new day. He's gone. Today is a new day. Some of us will struggle to live at the next level because we are too tied to the past. See? Moses was a great, he was great, but the greatest leader the people had ever had. But Moses was yesterday. Hear me this morning. He was yesterday. If we're going to the next level of living, to a new spirituality, we have to leave yesterday behind us. Can I be honest with you? Some people have a problem with this. Some churches have a problem with this. I've seen great moves of God in churches and, and move mildly in revival and people saved and healed. And guess what? Those churches stay in the past. They, they look at those days as the greatest days, as the good old days. They try so hard to stay in that past, in that, that reality, that they miss what God's trying to do today. They, they, they miss what God wants to do. It's a new day. Can I tell you something? We, you may have been here for a while in the good old days, and I'm not saying we have a problem with that, but we always talk about the good old days. I remember when. Can I tell you something? We haven't seen the best days of this church yet. 
I, I need you to understand that. We got great days ahead of us. And what do we do? We remember the past. We rejoice with what God has done. We look at that to remember, but what does it do? It reminds us of God's faithfulness, but what it should do is point us to a reality that God has even greater things. He is still doing that. He's still the same God. He's still working the same miracles. He still wants to save. He still wants to heal. He still wants to baptize with the Holy Spirit. He wants to do all of that, but we got to quit looking back at that and allow him to do something new in our lives today. He may not do it the same way he did it back then. He's the God of newness. Think about the miracles and things God did in the Bible. Very seldom is anything repeated. There may be some similar miracles, but very seldom. I mean, one time Jesus spits in mud and puts on God's eyes and he's healed. And this other time he just speaks to the guy's healed and lays hands on him. I mean, there, there's no, there, why? God doesn't want us to pattern him. He want, he's a God of newness. Every morning his nurse mercies are new. They're new. His grace is new. It's fresh. When the children of Israel woke up and they was in the wilderness, every morning there was fresh manna. And we have to quit doing it. We, we do this with ministers too. There's ministers who have had a mighty impact in your life, in your past. You may have even gotten saved under them. And, and you want me so much to be like them, and I'm not. I'm not them, and I'm not going to be them. I'm not going to wear a tie. I wore a tie. I don't look good in a tie. I wear a tie sometimes. I'm using that just as an, an, an illustration, right? I'm not. I'm not those guys, right? They're not bad. But because you won't move past them, you want me to be like them, you're missing the blessing that God has given you in me. And guess what? One day I'm going to be that guy that you're going to want the next guy to be like. Don't put him under that pressure. No one could be like me. Come on, somebody in the house, right? Thank God. Thank God. I know. You're, I'm looking at it from one way. You're looking at it from a totally different. I get it. I'm okay with that. Why am I doing this? I'm just saying we've, we've got to quit looking to the past. Paul instructs us to what? Forget the past. He says put those things behind you, right? Forget what's behind you. If Joshua sits around and all he thinks about is what happened in the past and he's not looking to what God wants to do in the future, it's doubtful he will be able to lead the people to that next level into the promised land across the Jordan River to do all that God wants to do through him. See, let go of the good things. Can I be honest with you? You remember those good things, but let go of the good things in the past. And you know what? Let go of the bad things in the past. So you failed. So you made a mistake. Make it right with God. Make it right with a person if you need to, if you've done something, whatever. But then move forward. Quit living in the past. Come on, somebody. So you made some bad choices, made some mistakes. Do your best to, to move on past them. Uh, so you have some hurts. So you were let down. So you're disappointed. You know what? Forgive and move on. Come on. Quit living back there. Quit holding hold yourself hostage. Quit allowing the enemy to hold you hostage. The enemy can do that with negative. He can do that with good things. It doesn't matter. He'll allow that to fester within you and make you wish you had something you used to have. And that's not what God wants you to have. Good, bad, or indifferent. We have to learn this. Move on. As long as you're hanging on to the past, you're missing what God wants to do now and in the future. That'll preach right there, see. It is. If Satan can keep you looking backwards, you're not going to be moving forward. And you know this. I say it all the time. God, didn't, there's nothing in God's creation or in spiritual realm, the physical realm, natural, or in science that I can find that God intended to stand still. Nothing. You show me something that God intended to stand still. Matter of fact, what, what's one of the miracles in the book of Joshua? The sun sets stands still, right? Whew. Why is that such a miracle? Because it's not designed to stand still. Water's not designed to stand still. 
If it does, it becomes stagnant. It's death. See, we got we to keep moving forward. And listen, you, you've heard this analogy, but I'm going to say it because the fact is everyone you got here in the vehicle today drove. Listen, there's a reason why your rearview mirror is smaller than your windshield. Come on. Your future's greater than your past. Let leave, you know, leave what, what did Pumbaa say? I forget the saying, but you know what I'm talking about. Leave your past behind you, right? Move forward. Look forward. Do you, do you have this first point? I just need to know. If you have it, say amen. You got it. Amen. Got to move forward. Got to look forward. The next principle that you have to get stronger to move towards the next level is this. You have to move towards that next level. You, you have to move towards it. Look at Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Okay, God, you've reminded him. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. Think about that for a minute. God is telling Joshua to get ready to go, but Joshua knows that the first obstacle he's going to face is a walled city, a garrison of Jericho. He knows. He's been there. He knows what that city's like. 40 years earlier he went there. He knows. He's heard the stories. He knows what it's going to be. There's a massive city with walls that are tall. I'll preach about this in a couple weeks. And it's nothing more than a garrison city to protect the entrance to that region of the land. That's all that city was about. It was supposed to be impregnable. There's no way. And they were to, to keep the enemies on the other side of the Jordan from entering that region of Canaan. That's what this was. It was a garrison city. And he knows that's the first thing. Did God help? Knowing that, there are Seven great nations in this country that he's about to go to that are bigger than him. There are seven nations that he's having to go into this promised land, into the into Canaan, that he's going to have to conquer. God didn't tell him how to do that. God didn't give him directions how to do that. Listen to me. God didn't say anything. That. He just says, get up and ready to go. Knowing that, he didn't even tell him how he's going to cross the Jordan River. We could say the first obstacle is the Jordan River, the swollen rivers during the flood stages. It's during the time of the season where it would flood. It's not like today, a small little river. Back then, they didn't have all the, all the, all the damming and all that stuff. That, uh, and I use that in term of water, the thing that keeps water back, okay? You're not allowed to use that word. All right. No, it was designed. No, it was that floodshed. He doesn't tell him. He says, God just says, Joshua, you get up and go. But he's not telling him how to get there. At this point, God, he hasn't told him anything. Just get up, get ready to go. What is that? Joshua does. What's that called? Come on, church. This is interactive. What's that called? It's called faith. It's, it's, it's called faith. God didn't tell him. He didn't tell him. He says, hey, just get up and go. When God is leading you, you will go to places spiritually before you experience them physically. God told him. God told him audibly in his heart, get ready to go. Pack your bags. Get the people ready to go. I, 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 please, this is where you're at right now. You, you need to grasp this, this thought. When God is leading, he will make it real to you inside before you can experience on the outside. See? Another way to put this, I put this down here. Another way to say it is you have to, you have to see it with your spiritual sight by faith before you can see it in the natural. This is the way God leads. He will, you will sense something in your spirit, in your heart, before you experience the reality of it physically. And there's a part of us, it's, it's interesting that there's two books that I'm reading, and, and honestly, these messages are based off, one, off this, this book that I'm reading. I mean, off of it, it's not... Word preferred, but the idea came from this book that I began reading. And someone gave me another book that's it's speaking about the same thing from a different direction. But there's something about the imagination. I want you to grasp this for a minute. This is an aha moment for me. 
The Bible teaches us that before a sin ever materializes in the natural, what you have to do, it says it begins where? Imagination. Thoughts. From a negative standpoint, before you sin, you think about what it is. You dwell on it. And before long, we're told that it manifests. It works the same way in the good things in the spiritual realm. You have to hope something before you can believe for something. When you got saved, before you, were, before you had, everybody's given a measure of faith. But before you're saved, before that measure of faith is really enacted, you have to have a hope of something. What is your hope? That what you heard is true. That Jesus saves. That he forgives. And man, and if you're one of those people that was in the mully grubs, life was bad, and that aha moment, man, I am a sinner. I am a terrible guy. Man, I can't believe I've done these things. And, and oh, how can God ever forgive me? I don't know. There has to be a hope. There has to be that imagination. And you have to start seeing it in your mind's eye. I can see myself saved. Oh, God, I, I have the hope that if I do this, that you're going to save me, God, and I'm going to be okay with you. And so I run down to this altar, and I slide into it like it's second base, and I cry my heart out to God, and I'm just, and I'm just saying, God, forgive me. Me, forgive me and my hope is God that as I confess my sins just like your word says that you will come into my life and you'll forgive me and I'll be saved God that's my hope and before long that's what happens to you why because you first imagined it see you have to see yourself no little boy or little girl becomes anything great until they start seeing it in their imagination and when you start seeing it in your imagination then you start acting upon it even though it hasn't materialized see the problem with Christians is we claim faith we believe in faith we know faith we may not fully understand faith but we got an idea how faith is supposed to work but our problem is unless God shows me I can't believe it unless God shows me the next step I can't move then go this step Joshua didn't know how he's going to get across the Jordan River at this point, God's going to tell him. At this point, God said, get up, go. God didn't know how he was going to take on the walled city of Jericho. He didn't know how God was going to do that. He had no idea. All God said was, listen, it's time to move from this place. You can't stay here anymore. This is not the next level. This is not the promised land. I promised my people this is what I'm going to do. So now you're going to have to move, though. It's going to become reality. But before it does in the physical, you've got to see it in the spiritual. And you've got to be living your life, making decisions, moving as though it's already happened. You have to see yourself. Oh, Joshua, can you see yourself? Children of Israel, can you see yourself over there with these great vineyards of grapes? Can you see yourself over all the milk and the honey that's flowing? Can you see yourself? Can you see yourself in these walled cities you're going to occupy? Can you see Can you see the Jordan parting, even though you don't know how you're going to get across it? Can you see the wall? Can you see the sun setting still? Oh, because Joshua asked, can you see this, Joshua? You may not know how it's going to do it, but you've got to start seeing yourself there in the spiritual realm before it's ever going to manifest itself in the physical some of y'all are held back because you want God to explain it all to you but you listen to people that God's done great things in their life they're going to tell you I didn't know how God told me to give this or God told me to go here or God told me to do this I didn't know how I was going to do it but I did it and here I am to testify of it see man we're, we're living the lean life we're, 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 we're not living the life God wants us to live because we got to see it to believe it we're Thomases. I won't believe till I see it. I won't believe till I can put my finger in the hands, the holes of his hand inside, see. And that's not what God operates, see. You won't move until your mind understands it. But you may never understand. I can't, I can't figure out God. I can't. Hebrews tells us by faith, come on, my Wednesday night small group. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. 
He didn't know where he's going, but in his mind, he said, God said to move, and there's a land that's going to be my inheritance. Woo! Come on, somebody. See, I, I firmly believe, guys, that we have to get to this place that we have to start claiming, laying claim to what God has promised us and what God has said so that we can move forward towards it, see, regardless if I understand it or not. We have to move into that reality. We have to, to grasp that reality. We have to move into it. Just because it's God's will doesn't mean it will happen. Some things happen, but a lot of things don't happen that God wants to happen. It's God's will that none should perish. Do people die and go to hell? Every day. Every day. Was it God's will for that first generation to go into the promised land? It was. But that didn't become a reality. See, It didn't become a reality because they lived by fear. We have to do, we, we, we have to claim it. Those Egyptians, they were, it was a 30-day, 30, 45-day journey. But they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. That was not God's will. Joshua and the people can know that, God, uh, that going into the promised land is God's will, but unless they cross the river and pick up a shield and a spear, it's not happening. Unless they trust God enough to put their foot in the water of the floor, flooding Jordan and believe it's going to part, it's, nothing's going to happen. They have to believe this. In other words, I have to come to this place where I believe something so much in my spirit that it's the will of God, that he is willing to part water, tear down walls, stop the sun, provide manna, whatever. I have to believe in my heart that it's his will and his plan in my spirit and not worry about the manifestations of the physical and just trust that he's going to do what he said he will do if he's leading me in that direction that's it we have to get to this place church otherwise we're going to be living off beans and rice the rest of our lives right wandering well with beans and rice but it's manna and quail I like quail don't know what manna tastes like but I like quail but after a while I get tired of that come on I like variety The third principle, and these last few are going to speed up, so just bear with me. The third principle in building spiritual strength is listen for God's promises. Okay? As a reminder, Joshua has already seen the land. We know that 40 years prior. He was one of the 12 men sent in to spy the land, so he's seen the land. Also, remember, there has to be a sense, I feel, I don't think I'm taking it out of context, that Joshua knows that Mo, he's not the leader Moses was, and Moses is not there. I mean, can you imagine succeeding Moses? God met with Moses on the mountain. Joshua didn't get to go to the mountain. God gave Moses the law. Moses, Moses saw the glory of God so much so that he glued. He, glued. He, he was glowing with the glory of God that they asked him to veil his face. Well, I, that didn't happen to me. Moses got to go in the holies, holies. Talk with God. You hear my point? Can, I, trust me, coming in behind a successful leader is tough. It's tough. And, and this is where he's at, see? But what I want you to understand is this. Uh, he's not Moses, nor anything like him. And what happens so often is that we, and the enemy likes to do this, we like to compare ourselves to other people, don't we? We like to compare ourselves, see? Uh, and we're never going to live in the new reality. We're never going to go to that next level as long as we're comparing ourselves to other people, especially people you know. And we do it innocently. We, we, we can get up there and start saying, well, I know why God would do this for this person. And I know why God would do this for that person. But why would God do that for me? And you're building that person up. You're trying to say, well, I know the life they're living. I know the spiritual level that they're at, right? Which you don't always. But you're comparing yourself, and you're building them up. But what you don't realize is that you're building them up 
you're tearing yourself down in that light from that, from that comparison, see? And, and that's what we have to be, be careful of. We have to stop comparing ourselves. The enemy loves it when we think this way because as we build others up in this fashion, we tear ourselves down. The enemy doesn't want you to feel strong. He doesn't want you to be courageous. He wants you to feel weak. He wants you to feel discouraged. Comparison does that every time. I'm not Tom Brady. Thank goodness. Okay. Maybe that's a bad comparison. I am not Jensen Franklin. I don't know how to take that amen, but I'm going to take that in a positive affirmation. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not one of these great orators, and I'm not putting myself down. That's not comparing. I'm not them. I'm uniquely who I am and who God made me to be. I'm not going to compare myself to them because when I do, I'm going to feel inadequate. Trust me, I used to do this. I used to wonder, why would you come to this church and listen to me ramble? All right, I'm rambling now. I'll move on because you might start thinking, I don't know, why am I? So don't go there, Okay. So what's the antidote to these personal feelings of insecurity? Verse 3, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as, a prom- as I promised Moses. Remember the promises of God. This is what he's doing, right? That's what verse 3 is. Verse 3 is God's promise. I, I know what I'm about to do to you. What I'm going to do to you is what I promised Moses. That is a promise. You, 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 you're going to go, you mean all the land? I mean all the land. But God, there's seven great nations in there. There's a walled city. I don't know how I'm going to get across. Don't worry about all that. I promised it to Moses and to these people. Now that promise is yours. It's the same promise that God made to Abraham that he handed down to Abraham's son, that he aimed down, named down to their son all the way through the tribe. This is God's promise. You are a part of this and God has promised you things and you have to understand that. He goes on to say, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Meridian Sea and the what? Can you see that? I mean, I, I see, if I'm Joshua, I see myself imagining he may not know all that land because he's not seen all that land. They didn't have maps. They didn't have Google Earth. So he said, how far is that? And God just said, look, there's a great vast of land out there, and everywhere where you put your foot, I am giving it. You know, can, they, can you see Joshua now going, this is mine. This is mine. This is mine. And if you look at how the Israelites conquered Canaan, how Joshua led them, you'll find out they go up the middle, and he's everywhere. He conquers all the land. He defeats all these people, all these nations, all these countries, and he's everywhere. If you were to look at a map, you'll see over time, he's everywhere, and what he's doing, he's living in that promise. He's remembering what God promised him. He said, this is mine. Whoa, this is mine. This is mine. This is mine. All I'm trying to say is this. You have to start living in that reality of what God has promised you. God always puts promises in the next level of living to give us an incentive to go there. What was the incentive for Joshua and these Israelites to go across? God made them a promise. It's yours. You go there. You go there. It's yours. Everywhere you put your foot, it's yours. Everything I promised you, God's promises are, yes, we can quote that, start living in them. Start living in them. Start living in the reality of God's promises. He'll speak to your heart. He'll give you a promise. He'll speak to your heart. He'll give you a promise. He'll speak to your heart. He'll keep, give you a promise. And he keeps giving. We have many, many promises. If you do this, he says, I'll do that. Look through the word of God. Get in the word. If you do this, I will do that. If you will step foot in the Jordan River, I'm going to part it. If you'll walk around the, the walls like I tell you to do, they're going to fall. When you get a promise, whether it's in his, in his word or he places it in your heart, you have to think upon it. See it with your imagination. You have to 
feed on it. You have to begin to act upon it. Because why? That, that takes it from imagining it to hope to reality. See? If we're going to be strong, we have to listen for God's promises and then live in them. Fourth, fourth principle in growing your spiritual strength is learn and act according to God's word. This is a no-brainer, but I'm going to preach it anyways. Notice the three things that God tells Joshua to do in verses 7 and 8. Are you with me? Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it. Do not turn from it. Do not turn from it. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Right? Do not pass from it. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may succeed wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. No. That you should be speaking the word of God. You should be speaking the word of God. All right? Keep it upon your lips. Meditate on it day and night. You don't just read it or listen to it, but you got to think upon it at all times. Think upon it. Meditate. What does that mean? Do not, do, I need to be strong and courageous. Meditate. Lord, how is it I'm so, where am I not being strong and courageous, Lord? Help me. Meditate on it. So you speak it and you meditate on it. And then it says, so that uh, day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Do all that it says. Don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer also. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Speak it. Meditate on it. Do what it tells you to do. Speak it. Meditate upon it. Do what it tells you to do. Speak it. Meditate upon it. Do what it tells you to do. You know what I've observed today in Christianity that I, I, I'm shocked and appalled about? And it happens even in our church. It happens across the board. That many become selective to what they're going to obey in God's word. Are you obeying God's word? Are we being selective in what we want to do? See, I'm not comfortable with this, Pastor. I, I, I don't feel like I need to do this, see. And it could be anything. I'm going to just throw some things out there that I, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, just whether, whether it, God's saying, you know, in his house when you worship it, you should stand or raise your hands or you should kneel, you should clap your hands, you should, whatever. Well, I'm not comfortable standing. I'm not comfortable raising my hands. I'm not comfortable singing. I, I sound bad. Well, he put a scripture in there for me that I want to share with you. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, see. Well, that's just not who I am. That doesn't give you a license to walk in disobedience to God. I mean, think about that. I'm just only going to obey with what I agree with. I'll do what I feel like doing and God's grace will cover everything else. What? What? Why would you abuse the grace God's given you? He didn't give it so that you could sin more. Paul covered that. He says, should we sin more so more grace will abound? Heaven, No. Don't do that. Grace is not there to give you a license to sin and do what you want to do. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody in here. I'm preaching to a lot of us in here. But that's how you live your life. You know how I know? Look at what you do. Look at what you don't do. Listen to what you say. Listen to what you watch. Look at where you're going. Look at what you're not doing that God's telling you to do. I mean, your life, you're saying one thing and your lifestyle says everything but I'm living for God. You're never going to go to the new reality, the new normal, the next level of living unless you're willing to obey God. So what happens is, is your God, you become your God, and what, what makes you comfortable becomes your God. Oh, you're quiet. I hope you're thinking. I, I love you. I'm not here to hurt you, harm you. I'm saying follow me. There's got to be a, I won't say a level, because level means that holiness. What's happened to Holiness. Well, I can't obtain that. No, you can't. But by the grace of God and by you 
obeying His Word, you can obtain a level of holiness. You can become fully transformed into the image of God. Isn't that what the New Testament tells us? Old Testament calls it holiness. New Testament says being transformed into the image. The picture of holiness is Jesus. He is holy. His Word. We call it the Holy Bible because it's holy. We call the Spirit the Holy Spirit because it's He is, not it. He is holy. Forgive me, Holy Spirit. See? But either way, you're not obeying God. See, some of you will never live at the level God wants you to live because you, you will not obey him. You're not, and you will never live at that level God has for you and the blessings that he wants to pour into your life. Listen, can I tell you something? You've got some Jordan rivers in your life that you're about to cross if you're willing to obey the Lord. There's some walls of some fortresses in your life that they're about to come down if you, by faith and obedience, do what God tells you to do. God, God will go as far as cause the sun to stand still for you if you'll walk in obedience to him. And we wonder why our lives are a mess. Go back and look at what you have and haven't done. Are you walking in obedience to God? If not, then you've taken yourself up from under the umbrella of God. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Not only with those things, but then the blessings. Those are the provisions of God. See, not me. I'm going, I'm going to do everything within me to live. Am I perfect? No, I'm not setting myself up a pedestal. I'm going to do everything. I'm not going to lie to you. There's struggles. There's things God wants me to do. I just don't want to do. I'm just like my children. I'm just like you. But I'm going to do everything I can that he tells me. If he tells me to tithe, I'm going to tithe. If he tells me to give above the tithe, I'm going to give above the tithe. If he tells me to worship him, I'm going to worship him. If he tells me to stand, I'm going to stand. If I feel led to come to the altar, I'm going to come to the altar. If, I'm, if, I, if I feel led, I'm going to follow my faith. However he tells me. If it's, going down, if it's at my, kneeling at my bedside, if it's kneeling at my lounge chair, if it's going down the road in my car, when he says worship him, I'm going to worship him. I'm going to let praise be upon my lips. Every breath I breathe is given of him. So I'm going to let every exhale bring him praise, every thought bring him glory, every action give him, bring him the attention that he needs. Needs. If he tells me not to lie, cheat, and steal, okay, I'm not going to do it. Tells me to quit gossiping and talking about people, I'm not going to do it. Hello, stop gossiping. That's raked right up there with adultery, adultery, fornication, homosexuality. It's up there. I'm not trying to list sins as one's greater. I'm just telling you, those are the things that Paul tells us it's abomination to God. Gossip is one of them. Quit talking about people. He tells me not to lust. I'm not going to lust. He tells me to obey those in authority over me. I'm going to obey them. He tells me to honor, respect, and lead and love my wife. Regardless of how rebellious she is and mean to me and neglective of me, I'm going to do that. She did let me wear flannel today. I'm regretting my decision now. I'm hot. He tells me to help somebody. If he tells me salt and light, I'm going to do whatever he tells me to do. I'm going to do it. It's the only way to live in all that he has promised me. See, The next level of living, a new reality, living in the provision and blessing of God comes to people who say yes before they know what God is even asking. God, whatever you say, I'm going to do it. That's tough. Whatever you say before you ask it. It doesn't matter what you're asking, God. I'm going to do it. As the worship team comes, we're going to go with this fifth one. The fifth and final principle of becoming spiritually strong in the Lord and being able to realize the blessings and the purpose he's called you, for him to take you to a new spiritual, a new emotional, a new physical, all three parts of you. He wants to take you completely, holistically, to a new level, a new reality, a new normal of living in him. 
It includes health. It includes mental peace. You're not at peace. That means you're not, you, need to know, you need to go to a different level. Prosperity. I'm going to keep saying that. I used to not use that word because people hijacked it. God wants to prosper you. He wants everything you put your hand to to be blessed of him and prosper. I believe that. I believe if you're in business for yourself, he wants your business to be blessed and prosper. I believe if you're into livestock, he wants your cows to have more cows. He wants your chickens to lay more eggs. He wants your children to have more children. I'm buying her lunch today. I'm, I'm cooking for her, so I had to get that in there. I'm sorry. It's been four weeks, Mallory. Four weeks. I couldn't do it any longer. I love you, though. You know I'm picking at you. He wants that for you. And the final thing is this. It's verse 9. Have I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. What does that tell you? He's probably wondering if he's strong enough to do this. Do not be afraid. What does that tell you? Joshua was probably frightened. Can I be honest with you? I'm a little frightened of this message that God has poured into my heart and what he may ask me to do. I am. I've got to be strong and courageous for my sake and your sake. But, man, probably he's afraid. He said, do not be discouraged. What does that tell you? He's probably discouraged. God, I don't see it. I don't see it, God. I don't, I don't see how you're going to do this. I don't, I don't see how I'm going to be able to go there. I don't, God, I don't see, how am I going to get across this river? It's, it's, it's deep, it's wide. Deep and wide. I don't see it. God, and I know once we do, if, if somehow, Lord, you miraculously cause the water to part, or, or maybe it goes down, or whatever, Lord, man, what are, we going to, what are we going to do about that massive city? It actually had more than one wall. It had two walls. I don't see it. He goes to say, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let me remind you that God loves using weak people. God loves using weak people. If you look through the Bible, if you look at the heroes, the giants in faith, they were all weak people. I won't list them. You go through it. Even the ones we perceive as being mighty were weak. David ended up being weak, didn't he? Matter of fact, you look, he leaned upon the Lord a lot. He put it into writing. Even Samson is strong physically. Nah, he had a weak mind. He had a problem with women. Right? Just go through the list. Peter couldn't keep his mouth shut. Paul was a hater of Christians. Adam and Eve. I mean, just, just go down the list. Weak, weak, but God loves using weak people. The life of faith is lived in the deep end of life. I don't know who said that, but I heard it and I had to write it down. It's lived in the deep end of the pool of life. If you don't feel what God is telling you to do is above your ability, if you don't have the sense unless he helps you, you can't get it done, then you don't understand what is at stake with what God's asking you and calling you to do. It is, it, it, it's, it's, it's well beyond you. Or you don't understand this, the, the importance of what he's calling you to do. If you think you're up to the task, then you've misread the situation completely. 
I know God birthed some things in my heart. I, I don't know how it's going to happen in this church this next year. I'm not even willing to share them with you yet. But I will. In spite of COVID. In spite of the financial situations in the world. In spite of your willingness to go along with me or not. I'm standing on his promises and what he's told me. Hear me. We're going somewhere. We're not going to live where we are. I can't live where we're at anymore. I just can't. I have to go to another level. I have to. So I can't be afraid. I can't be scared. I can't be dismayed. I don't need to be discouraged. As I look at this story and other stories in the book, I come to realization. Do you realize what the determining factor is in everything in life between victory and defeat and success and failure? Do you know what the key, the key point is? Hear me. It's the presence of God. If God be for you, who or what can be against you? With God's with me, no weapon formed against me is prosper. If I'm walking in the blessing and the favor of God, not only can no weapon formed against me prosper, but then I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because I'm living in his will and I'm doing what he, if, if, if it's what he wants me to do, he's going to give me the strength to do it. If it's not, he isn't going to give me diddly to do it. But the difference is the presence of God. It is the determining factor. I'm talking about getting to a place, a deepness, an intimate, a more connected walk with God than you've ever experienced before. I don't care where you're at in your level of maturity. On a scale of 1 to 10, if you're 10, I think God's got an 11 for you. I'm, I'm ready. There's something, uh, I was telling somebody, this has been the weirdest fast for me because I'm already dieting. What do you give up? I've already given up food. What's funny? God took hunting away from me. He took it away from me. Not because I was willing to give it up. It's because the place I was hunting, they took the land away from me. Not for anything I did. I haven't hunted since Christmas, really. Now, I did go the other day to somebody's property, but that was after the fast. And it was bothering me. And God just, I'm telling you, God just, someone kept saying, well, come hunt with me. And I said, you know what? I'd feel, first of all, really bad if I wouldn't kill that big old buck that's been in Brother Glenn's stand, so I wouldn't go with him. He finally killed him. But no. I said, God, if I can't, I mean, what can I give up? I'm already, I'm not even eating bread. I'm drinking water. I can't even have bread. And God just, and so I spent more time in his word and more time praying. I've got two or three books. I said, I'm just going to read. I'm just going to read, God. You're going to pour into me. And it really hit me. It's like, God just poured into me. I don't know how he's going to do it. I'm not ready to tell you what he's told me we're going to do. But if I'm following God, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm telling you, God's going to do some great things in this fellowship. And he's going to do some great things through you. See, this is why I couldn't rush through this message today. This is, this is vital. This isn't just a make you feel good message. This is a challenge to you. I need you to be strong and courageous. I need you to step up. I don't need you to be afraid. God doesn't need you to be afraid. We, we got to quit fearing things. We know that fear is not of God. Perfect love casts out all fear. We, that's the thing. We know the scriptures, don't we? We got to walk in them. We go obey them. Amen. I think I've made my point. I've got a few more points or things to say, but I think I think I have you. I think you're with me. Amen. 
this is what you have to start doing. If God has not already laid on your heart through your time of prayer and fasting, then you need to start asking God what it is where he wants to take you and how. Not how you're going to get there, but just where. And you start making the steps towards it. Start living in that reality. Start using your imagination. See, my imagination isn't a bigger building or a bigger crowd. You know what my focus is on? Full altars. That's my imagination. I don't care about buildings. I don't care about crowds. We had the smallest crowd we've had here in years. Oh, well, I should say that. COVID, we didn't have anybody here for six weeks. It's not that. It's Jeremy. It's about will these altars first be filled with people seeking salvation and others seeking the Lord. God's got great things to do with some folks this week, this year. That's just now starting to give birth. Come on. He wants you healed in the name of Jesus. I know he does. I'm ready to put that chair back. I'm ready to put that chair back. See, I'm, I'm, and I'm, just, I'm just speaking. I'm telling you. God is ready to take us. Take you. Make it personal. Will you cooperate with him? Will you, without, without knowing how, will you just step out of faith? Put one step out there and say, okay, God. By faith, I'm getting out of the boat. Well, that one didn't go down. I'm getting out of the boat. Is God today the same God he was back then? Does he change? There you go. Then let's live in that reality. He's got promises that are yes and amen. Live and remember the promises. Remember the promises. Stand with me all across this building. God, I have been obedient today. I feel with all my heart, God. I, there's a peace. There's a load. There's a burden that's lifted for me, Lord. And I know that's because, God, I believe with all my heart that I've been obedient to you today, Lord. And they have listened. God, I believe with all my heart they've received it today. Now, God, help us. It's one thing to hear the word. It's a totally different thing, God, this morning to obey it. Because, Lord, you're taking us on a journey that's not easy. You never promised it would be easy. If it was easy, Father, help us remember. If it was easy, what you're calling us and telling us, if it was easy, we wouldn't need you. God, let that thought think, which is settling our hearts this morning. Someone needs to hear this, God. If it was easy, we wouldn't need you. He or she wouldn't need you to do what you're called. Lord, to give up some things isn't going to be easy. To do some things out of obedience isn't going to be easy. God, to step out in faith isn't going to be easy. Lord, it's not. But God, if we will just remember these principles, we will grow strength in our spiritual walk and with our spiritual courage, Lord. God, that we will be able to say to this mountain, be moved into that sea and it's gone. If we'll just, Lord, follow in obedience. Grab hold of the promises. Live, grab the promises, God. God, you'll do great and mighty things. If you're here this morning, and you need special prayer in your body or a situation in your life, I'm opening these altars up. Please come. As the worship team leads us in worship, I will pray for you. I'll lay hands on you. If it's time for you to leave, uh, I don't want to say the service is over, but I know some people may have to leave. Go get your kids, what have you. Please feel like you can do that. But if you want to stay here and worship a little bit longer, agree with me in prayer, please do so. Amen. I want to leave you with a blessing. God bless your people. God, may you smile upon them. God, may you be merciful towards them, God. May your countenance 
look upon them, God, and bring them the peace that they need in the name of Jesus. Lord, may you bless their coming and their going, God, whether it's in the field or the workplace, God, in the home. Lord, bless them, prosper them in the name of Jesus. May everything they put their hand to be blessed of you, God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining our podcast. Here at Bear Creek AG, our goal is to help others know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Have a great week.